The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I have my returning guest former NFL player, Donnie Salem. You there, Donnie? Yeah. How you doing, James? Good, good. Glad to have you back on. Yeah, shoot us. Glad to have yeah, you. Glad yeah, to be on. Talk, you know, uh, we're supposed to have Jerry with us, but Jerry under the weather. But like you say, man, you could do it. We good. <laughs> I told Jerry, you get well. I know what he's yeah. going through. Yeah, nothing worse than that flu sometimes, especially when you first get it. Yeah, like he was saying, too, when you get older, I mean, just stick with you, you know? You know, when you was young, you could fight it off real fast. But now you're older, it's like the same thing. Yes, sir. But, well, Diane, I just want to get in and let's just get to talking like we did, you know. Uh, to start off, you know, the season over with, you know. Uh, great season, you know, we had, you know, through uh, ball over. But let's get into, you know, like talk about the free agents coming up. I want to start off with. You know, all the expectation about, you know, is Peyton Manning going to come back? Should he come back? Is he healthy? Uh, my question to you, Donnie, uh, do you think he should come back? And uh, what can he achieve now that they fired the coach and got a new coach? How would they look? Uh, I mean, I'm from Colorado originally. I've never been a big Bronco fan, but, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Patriot fan, so I hope he comes back again because I think – I think Peyton's like getting, you know, Brett Favre had a little run right there when he left Green Bay, but it was only a probably a two-year deal. He did pretty good, and I think Peyton's in about the about the same boat. I think you know it's going to come a point, you know, he's going to have to retire, and 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 he loses, you know, he loses a step when that season's a long season, and when you're 40 years old or almost 40, I can't imagine being out there. So, you know, I, you know. I think he's going to have to take a pay cut, and I don't know if he's going to like that. But from what I hear, he makes almost as much off endorsements as he does his salary. So, you know, I think he should be willing to take a cut to make one more run at it, you know. And uh, and like like we talked about last week, I think he needs to, you know, hope, hope and pray that he doesn't catch one of those real cold-weather games because every time I've seen him in the cold weather, he freezes up. You know, I think he had one good cold-weather game in his career. <laughs> So, and when you get but, old, it's a lot harder to overcome that. Isn't that kind of weird, Don? Like him being in the cold weather, playing over there, that he can, you know? Because you look at, you know, everybody for Green Bay. Green Bay love when people come in as cold to play them in Green Bay because they used to it, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, they could be in the Big too many cold games, even in the city of the Dome, but, you know, with Indianapolis, and then, you know, the playoff games is where you're most likely to run into it, and that's where Peyton's always struggled in the playoffs and cold weather, which kind of go hand-in-hand a lot of times for, but he's a... He's a hell of a quarterback. There's no doubt about it, and he's got a lot of records. But you know, I, I, I don't. I don't think you consider him as the greatest of all time just because of his playoff and, and lack of Super Bowls. You know, playoff record and lack of Super Bowls, which is, you know, as far as, as far as that goes, that you got to put Tom Brady and Joe Montana right there, neck neck and neck, in my book. I argue with people about that. I mean, maybe you could help me. If people always said the greatest. Do you measure that by Super Bowl they went to, Super Bowl they won, or records? Because, I mean, you look at um, Dan Marino, they say he's the greatest ever, you know, for passing. He never been to the Super Bowl or one. So, how yeah, would you rate went to that, one You know, he was not... here and he lost it uh, and uh, then never got back. And uh, I think you can't argue with that Dan had one of the best arms and, and some of the greatest seasons without the Super Bowl, you know, but, uh, but he's, and I love Dan Marino. I think he was one of the best of all time, but you can't put him in the greatest unless you're winning championships. Just can't. So, but he's, he's, you know, I mean, there's nobody would argue that he's top, you know, seven, five to seven. I don't think you get argument from anybody. So he's, he's a, he's a, of a quarterback, they just never could put it back together. I think Don Shula was on the last of his career, and then you know, coaches coming and going towards the end of his career, and never having a running game, and never having a real good defense. And you know, as you know, James, defense wins championships. Yeah. You, can, you can get by and have offense win them once in a while, but uh, Patriots could never win it with just offense. It takes defense to win. Their first three Super Bowls that they won, they were all defense dominated. You know, and uh, but anyway, I, I think. Uh, Let me throw this at you. You say, you know, but, you know, um, there's a little off the thing, but um, Charles Barkley, they say he's the greatest player, you know, but he never won no championship, Donnie. So, you know what I'm saying? So, how do we look at that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if Barkley didn't have his personality, not many people would argue that. I think he's one of the. Well, you know, he's probably, I don't, I mean, I'm not a huge basketball guy, but I, Barkley, his personality and his game together is what makes him one of the most memorable and best of all time Hall of Famer type guy. But, uh, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't keep up, I don't know his stats or numbers or anything, but I think he's, uh, uh, you know, he's, he can't be considered one of the greatest, even, you know, in any sport, I think you got to win, you know, win championships to be getting yourself locked in at the top, you know. I mean, I, I don't know. I think Barkley, for a forward, power forward, uh, he, he he's probably like a Marino. <laughs> you know, <he's, laughs> That's what I'm like. I'm with you on that one. I'm trying to tell everybody that. I was, no, I'm like, he won't want no championship, you know. No. But I definitely want to get to, uh, like I say, I, I, I got to talk about your team. I know you know a lot about them. Um, the Patriots, you know, they're coming back off the Super Bowl. That team, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm not a Patriots fan. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how they can just put a team together and still win. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I mean, they just they just win. I mean, and the draft pick they get, they make them into players. You know what I'm saying? I mean, 
we can go back to, I was looking at a thing on, um, you know, the guy in Trevor Hernandez. He came out, and look how great they made him, you know? Somebody like yeah, that. He was I a fourth-round draft. He was a, obviously a high-risk guy, and it ended up biting him in the end. But, you know, right. if, if Hernandez could have stayed clean, which he didn't, obviously, uh, you know, him and Gronk would have. They would have every, they re, rewrote the game there for about three years. I think they broke every record for a tight end, dual tight end yardage, touchdowns, everything that is out there for one, two, and three years. And uh, and Hernandez, a hell of a player, he's just, you know, nobody else touched him, and he slipped to the fourth round for a reason, obviously, now. And, uh, you know, but the Patriots, they've taken a few risks over the years. Same thing with Blunt, you know. I mean, they've, they'll have a few risk guys, but they feel like they can maybe manage them a little bit. They don't have a whole team full of them. They just do it on a, on a couple guys, it seems like. But... You got to categorize uh, Bill Belichick as one of the greatest of all time. I mean, he's at what uh, six Super Bowls now in the last fifteen years. That's unprecedented. And you know, I mean, they're 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 similar. You know, I used to. I got to admit, you know, I mean, I I warmed up to the Patriots when they had Brewski and Kraft bought them, but and then uh, when they drafted Gronkowski, who I'm real close to, I just I flipped right then. So it's I've only been a hardcore Patriot fan for a few years. I was always a Dolphin fan, which is kind of makes you feel dirty a little bit switching in the division. But uh, but I'm uh, I Bill Belichick, you can't deny his greatness. You can't deny Tom Brady. You know, and now that we know that the Flategate was all a bunch of hot air. You know, I mean, there was only one ball under two pounds, and the rest of them, the other ten, were only a tick under under two point five. They weren't anywhere near two pounds. And I don't know if you heard that or not, because they're not publicizing that. You know, they wanted to hammer that on the news every night until uh, until it came out that that it was all made up, pretty much. You know, the only ball that was two pounds under the weight was the one that the Colts intercepted. <laughs> so <laughs> say they didn't pull that two pound there out of there, you know, because they're longtime arch rivals, you know. But and uh, but you know, I love. I think you know the Bill Belichick. I mean, I, there's just no denying that these, if not the greatest, he's one of the top three greatest coaches of all time. And that, you know, I mean, right there, sneaking up on Lombardi almost. Yeah, keeps going. Yeah, he keeps going another ten years and has three or four more Super Bowls, and he, it'll be unquestionable. You know, so. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, what do you see, um, New England? Uh, I, I don't know. I just see. What do you see them looking for in the draft? Of, like the first two picks. I mean, you know, they got. I mean, maybe running back. What do you think, Donnie? Yeah, I think they go running back. I think they gotta. They gotta get. You know, they'll always try to get a lineman in there. Um, you know, I think they need, uh, you know, if they could get a, you know, another safety, you know, a safety, I don't know how long chunks, you know, he came, when he went to Philly, he was awful. I watch all the Philly games, and I'm a big Philly fan, too, just I'm a huge Nick Foles fan and, and, and Philly, but I've always watched him and appreciated him and liked him, you know, and, he was awful with the Eagles, and then he comes back to the Patriots, and he, he's playing at almost a Pro Bowl level. <laughs> you know, so, but I would look at safety. I would look at you know, linemen, running back. You know, I mean, if if they could get a burner at receiver, I mean, with Gronk, it would be they would be untouchable. You know, on Brady's, they they got to keep stacking them. You know, some guys around Brady. I mean, really, what took them up was defense because of the. Uh, 
you know, if they didn't have that defense, obviously they won the game at the end, but uh, they seem to turn around the defense from being about, you know, five, eight years of trying to just go with offense. You know, and that which was kind of surprising because Belichick's such a defensive-minded coach. And uh, But I just think it's their organization. You know, they have systems in place. You know, I've watched some of the uh, 30 for 30 stuff or the, uh, you know, football life, and you see the systems that Belichick had even when he was with the Browns. And that eventually paid off, you know, and they just keep winning, you know. And, you know, I mean, how about... You know, people hate Tom Brady. You know, they're like the Cowboys of old or the Steelers. And whoever, if, if you're winning at a consistent level like that, they're either going to love them or hate them, you know. So they're, they're, they kind of took the Cowboys throne as the most hated, I think, now. I don't know. Seahawks trying to battle with them for that one, though. And, uh, but uh, they, uh, Tom Brady, 199th pick, six-round pick. You know, I mean, you talk about an underdog, and he's played with that chip on his shoulder ever since. And I, I just love the guy. I think you do. Guys who don't like him and people that don't like him, my mind are jealous because he married the biggest mega superstar model. He looks like Barbie, Tin Barbie, you know, and he's he's won four NFL championships now, you know. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a dream world right there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is what I got to do. I take a break. We'll come back. I got more questions about free agent. What you think? And I'm gonna read a couple, you know, uh, emails you got when you was on the show from some of the listeners. And is that all right with you? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, this is Jack Lowe, my guest fellow NFL player, Donnie Salem. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Going global with gas is music, comedy, and life. And this Saturday will be comedy as two comedians will be joining me, and I'm really looking forward to it. Comedian Brett Ernst is going to be with us. You might have seen him on Vince Vaughn's Wild West Comedy Tour, and he's also an ex-server, so we're going to get into some diners, Ed, with him on Saturday. Also joining me will be comedian Jill Bryan. Very funny lady. Always a blast to have on in studio. And uh, by the way, both of them are cowboy fans, so I know I'll have to take it easy on the two. So join us this Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Time, right here at the voiceamerica.com variety channel oh and one more thing last night i was watching cops and they chased this guy into this dumpster area that was fenced off and we had a dog chasing him and like five other cops so they opened up the gate to the dumpster and there he is lying face first on the ground everyone's looking at him and his only words were what did i do <laughs> really what did you do you're just kind of normally hanging around the back of a dumpster lying on the ground face first what did i do yeah this is a contest for the biggest idiot which I nailed. We'll talk to you this Saturday, 1 o'clock Pacific time, right here on Voice America. Going global with gas. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host. Well, that sports talk. I have my guest, Tommy Salem. You still that, D? Yes, sir. Yep, I like it, I like it. Let's, let's do it. But now I want to still talk about the draft and what we did, but I like to get it on some um, emails we get every time after the show. You know, it's pretty nice that the list will take time out, you know. Uh, this one from Mark Saddam from Tucson. Hello, James. Um, great show. Love it. Your guests, you always have one. But I have a question if you could relate that to Donnie, if he's back on as your guest. How was it waiting to be drafted? Um, did you ever think you wasn't going to get drafted? And was it scary just sitting there? Yeah, shoot. I, uh, it was funny because my best friend at the time was Chris Singleton, uh, and we're still good friends this day. And he was a first-round pick, and I was I was much later, 250th pick. Chris went to eighth pick, I think. But he said the one team he didn't want to go to was New England, and I said the one team I didn't want to go to was the Falcons. And that's where both of us ended up. So we were, it was pretty, pretty wild like that. But I was sitting there waiting and I heard from the Raiders or the Redskins in the sixth round or fifth round. They said they're going to draft me the next round. So I went through the whole night thinking I was going to be a Redskin. And sure enough, I saw it scrolling across ESPN and they didn't draft me. And the Raiders called me and said they were going to draft me. And I was like, all right. Then I thought I was going to be a Raider, and they didn't draft me. And by the time the Falcons called, I thought I was like, whatever. I didn't believe them. So <laughs> then they drafted me. So, But uh, it was a lot of anxiety, you know, and I didn't, you know, I tore my hamstring up before the combine, so I didn't get to go to combine or run. And, and, uh, and I fell a lot further than I thought I was going to, but that happens to a lot of guys. So, you know, it was, it was high anxiety and then a lot of excitement. When you when you do get there, then I went to the Falcons. That was when Jerry Glanville he drafted me in his first year with the Falcons, and he thought he was Vince Lombardi out there. We practiced. I mean, it was two or three a days for eighteen straight days in full pads, and we had in the next two or three years, I think we had fifteen guys get disc surgery. It was it was broke down. That's the last of that era because they they stopped it right after that. So. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was quite the uh, anxious time waiting to get drafted, you know. And then once I finally did get drafted, I was I was ecstatic and 
loved Atlanta, but just couldn't stay healthy when I was there. So, let's do another. This is from Greg from Lincoln, Nebraska. Hello, James. Great show. Great guest. I have a question for Donnie. Did he go to the team that he wanted to go to when uh, he was drafted? Right now, I just kind of covered that. I didn't think I wanted, you know, I, that was when the Falcons were pretty bad. Now, when Glanville came in, I, w- I didn't know, you know, he was going there when I got drafted, but it was kind of the last place I wanted to go. And then it ended up pretty good, you know, that he brought in the black uniforms and mean and nasty and, you know, just we got we tough, went to the playoffs first year, lost, and then we were pretty decent. He didn't last too long in Atlanta, but the time I was there with him, they pretty pretty good team and a lot of fun. But when I first got there, they told us, now, if you get pulled over, don't try to use the card that you're a Falcon there. They'll definitely give you a ticket. <laughs> they weren't, even the people in town weren't that big of fans because they had never won. <laughs> it wasn't exactly accurate, but we used to joke about it all the time. You know, it's a negative when you're Falcons. So, but, uh, but everything happened for a reason, and I was, I was happy afterwards. Uh, you know, after it was all said and done, I just wished I could have stayed healthy, of course. But, uh, you know what, though, Donnie, I mean, you, you look at that like I'll I be, like I was talking to you, and like I was sitting there too waiting, and, you know, they called me, and hey, you get drafted like Denver, you know, I'm sitting there waiting, I mean, and you did get drafted, get that call and all like that, that had to be an awesome feeling, you know what I'm saying, just, you know, I mean, just even, because you know the percentage of players that make it to the NFL just alone being drafted, you know? Yeah, I gotta say, for a kid that had one call out of high school to walk on to a Division two team, I doubt the the odds of that. I'm probably one in a million as far as that goes because I I didn't have anybody wanting me. You know, even to walk on, I was I was having to beg them to do it basically. So that's why I went to. I was telling you my JC route was perfect for me because I got got to get on the field and prove that I could play and get better. And that's why I got to say hats up to you. I mean, you look well, look what your team went through and to make it still attractive. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, hats off to you, no matter you got injured or not. But look at the road you took. You never gave up, you know. And that's what the young kids, you know, always email me like, hey, great guest, a little story. Parents, I mean, you know, hey, tell now, you know. And it's about these kids. If you don't make it to them, so that's okay, but don't give up. That's the message we give them, right, Donnie? Yeah, don't give up and don't, I mean, you'll have naysayers around, but if you're, the only reason I did what I did was because I outworked everybody, you know, and I believed in myself to where a lot of other people didn't believe in me, you know, and, 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 and more or less told you, you can't do it. I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we lose a lot of great people in the world, but there's also a lot of people that don't want you to, to achiever to do better than they're doing or you know your dream's too big you know and I, I, I say that's wrong that's a wrong message dream big go big you know I mean if you shoot for the stars and you land on the moon hey most guys never got out of the atmosphere you know that's that was that's kind of the way I should look at my career you know and you know I shoot for the stars you know I, I didn't didn't get to that star but I got to the moon you know so but, how, how is it, I mean, I mean, Donnie, like, just, I mean, knowing you out there to prove, you know, I mean, you get your adrenaline going, 
you know, I mean, like, like I told you every day when I was there, like, you know, I said, I'm not going to drop a ball, you know. That's my, my goal was that. You know, and I, when I got to that goal, then my next thing was, I'm not going to mess around up. I'm going to block. You know what I'm saying? The drilling yeah. ball, because... I like mean, to me, it all started, you know, in practice is, is I used to be, other guys would dread practice, and I used to, I couldn't wait to get out of practice, you know, I couldn't wait to go out there and go full speed, you know, and guys were wanting to punch the clock, or, you know, here, you thug me up, I'm going to thug you up, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to try to get better every day, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, and then by game time, shoot, I, I was one of those guys, I was... I was shaking, you know, I go in the back room, say my prayers and think about things that got me, you know, hyped up and shoot, I came out of that freaking locker room every time, tears coming down my face, just ready to go, you know, because I got, I got pretty amped for, I got as amped for practice as a lot of guys would get for the games. <laughs> so, you know, to me, that's one of the big keys, you know, you got to do your X's and O's and know all that, you got to train yourself or get trained, you know, and then you got to have, you know, but how hyped you are and how hyped you can stay is what will separate a good player from a great player, you know, or make a average player good. You know, if you get hyped and you're with, you're ready to go out there and fight on every play, you know, like you said, you know, some guys, oh, shoot, I'm not, if you're a receiver, I'm not paid to block, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not playing to block. Well, guess what? You don't block. There might be another guy who is going to block. He might not be yeah. as good of a of a route runner or or great as hands, but he's going to block, and that guy's going to be better for the team. So, you know, that's what I try to tell kids is to work on your weaknesses. You know, you work on something you might not necessarily like to do, but it's a huge part of the game. It is a team game, and and if you can't, you know, if you can't help out. In other areas, your your overall game is not going to be that great. Some guys, you know, running back, they think they just got to run the ball. That's it. No, you can come off the field if you can't block, or or, or the guy who can block is going to get out there, and he might not be as good as runner. Same thing, you know, obviously with receiver, but you get a complete game and you you get the mentality, you know, the right way. And I don't care what sport that is. Same thing with basketball. You know, if you're if you're a scorer but you can't play any defense, yeah, you're not as good as you can be. You know, and you know, I know a guy that played from New England, and, and that so I want to tell you this. You know, what I'm talking about. I said, God, this guy can't really catch. I mean, he's there, but he can block anybody with the best block in the NFL. Irving Fryer, remember him? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Irving was the New England, and he was the yeah. best block. I mean, he never took a playoff block. If the ball was coming, he ran down. You know, what I'm talking about. I was yeah. like, well, amazing just to watch him on film blocking, Donnie. Yeah. That's how he got paid. I mean, if it was just yeah. based on his other skills, he, you know, you can, you, I mean, blocking is a lot of the game. I don't care what, you know, other than quarterback, or, you know, or the kicking spots, you know. I mean, I, I love receivers that go down there, and, you know, they get a chance to hit a DB. The D, they're always getting hit. Well, why not go take it out on him downfield, you know, and, and block him and try to, try to, you know, put him on his back, hit him low, you know, hit him, hit him right up under the pads. And yeah. if I was a receiver, I'd be licking my chops to hit those DBs that are constantly <laughs> trying to tee off on them, you know. The same thing yeah. with a running back. Like, you know, the prior, you freaking, you can, you can, a running back, it's kind of a dying breed. The fullback's almost dead, you know. I mean, there's 
I think 15 teams or half the teams carried even one fullback. You know, back in our day, you know, you had two on each team, and uh, and they're just all going to the spread and you know spreading it out, three, four wide receivers and and one back and and uh, not all of them, but it seems that's the way the direction football is going. So you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta block. On offense, you, you, you know, we'll totally do, bitch. You got to take another break. We'll come back. We'll still talk about a little more free agents, and then we're gonna get to them. Put all you know, some of the people coming out in the college draft. You know, I'm gonna throw a couple of names out there, Jameis, and all them. Let me know what you think. Where you think they know what round and what team are looking for? But this is Daniel, my guest. D, we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. I'm back with my guest, former NFL player, Donnie Salem. Donnie, I ain't let, you ain't left me yet, have you? <laughs> What's up, buddy? Feel good. <laughs> well, I want to get back talking about the little draft. I have a question for you. I'm kind of puzzled, you know. You know, I know this now the draft the last two or three years, it's been quarterback, quarterback. Remember back when then everybody wanted to get a running back? It was get a running back, get a running back. Why do you think that changed now? I mean, they're they're often injured, and I think there's been so many top guys bust and and a, a mid round guy, you know, come up. And I think that you know it's all and it's going towards receiver quarterbacks. But I mean, I don't get it. I, I to me, a running back is vital. You got to have a great running back so you can try to control that ball. 
And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a mystery that running back now, it's, I mean, you know, there's, it's almost rare to where they go. It's, you know, I think it'd be Adrian Peterson to go in the, in the top half of the draft or top, you know, last year, I don't think there was one running back taken until yeah, second or something. And then, you know, third, they start popping up, then they start all going. But I think it's injuries. I think, you know, it's the shortest career uh, in the NFL, from what I understand, average average year-wise. And, they, you know, you almost hear the term all the time, a dime a dozen, but, you know, I I, I think it's discounted too much. I think I think running back still is very, very vital, you know, piece of the puzzle. You got to have a running game. So. Let me let me ask this question. Let me know if you agree or not. I mean, I mean, you look at a team that pass, pass, pass. They don't have no running game. So fast, you got to have a running back. I mean, look at um, the winner. You can see for a fact when they got um, they have the running back. I can't think of his name, but the other guy came from Pittsburgh, Blunt. You know, I mean, you got to have something that will throw the team off. Green Bay, you know, just got lazy, and it was time to help for them because uh, Aaron Rodgers, it was passed, you know. But everybody's saying that the running game is gone, but, I mean, it's now passing, you know, and getting these Yeah, calls. but that's not accurate. I think you look at, you know, it ended up really hurting Pittsburgh, you know, when they got rid of Blunt, Blunt walked off the field or whatever, because then, you know, he was only getting a couple snaps a game, and then, then all of a sudden Bell got hurt, and then that, that crushed their chances at the playoffs, you know. And if they had still had Blunt there, they might have been all right. You know, he's no Bell, but, uh, uh, but you know, I think running back still it's a crucial part of the game, and it's vital to be able to – so I don't understand how the running backs, to answer your original question, have their value has dropped so much in the draft. I guess because there's so many or, or because they are so focused on the pass, but still most teams that are winning, I mean, you imagine Seattle doing what they've done without freaking without Marshawn Lynch? Right. There ain't no way, you know. I mean all the Super Bowl champs of the past, most of them have had a great running back on the team or at least a good one. You know? So yeah. Well, let me ask you this, um, Donnie. You got DeMarcus Murray from Dallas. Uh, and Dallas got to come back. And you got uh, Agent P. So where do you see those two players fitting in if they take if they go to another team? What will be the best fit for them? You know, I mean, we talked about that a little bit last week. I guess I was talking to my brother, who's a big cowboy guy, and follows everything. I mean, so close, it's unbelievable the home site and websites and all of that stuff. And he's like, yeah, he goes, I do things like I do. They're going to bring DeMarcus back to Dallas unless Adrian Peterson, which I guess it's been Adrian Peterson's dream since he's a little boy to play for the Cowboys. And I don't think Peterson's going to be able to go back to Minnesota with all the issues they have. And, uh, so, I mean, I think Dallas is lethal with Adrian Peterson. And then not that DeMarco Murray's bad, obviously. He's one of the best, if, you know, one, the arguably best running back in the NFL last, the last couple of years. But, uh, and you can't take both of them. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, with, I would, I would love it if one of them went up to, to New England. That's for sure. Cause they're, they're special and they got a lot of, Adrian's got a lot of 
I, I, I personally, I don't know Adrian, but I, I know the Stoops brothers and, and a lot of people at Oklahoma, coaches and people have been through there, and they just say he's one of the nicest guys ever. He seems like it. And, uh, you know, humble, but, uh, you know, he's a Gronkowski to where he could eventually go down as a, as a, or a Brady as a goat, you know, one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I feel about Adrian. So I think if it feels me and I'm a cowboy or a cowboy fan and I got to choose between those two, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going with Adrian, even with his baggage that he'd be bringing in a little bit, you know. I don't think Jerry Jones cares about that stuff too much. You know, he might he might say it on the surface, but when it comes down to it, they want to win. You know, and you see me team like Dallas, um, Donnie, that had that great year, they, um, the game, you know, the call or whatever. And, you know, these teams, I mean, like I said, with Denver, you know, you're there. You know, sooner or later, you're not going to keep getting these breaks and get there, right? You know, Dallas is almost to that point. Everybody keeps saying Tony Romo each year, he's get Dallas. But when is it going to be Dallas turn up where it's just, you know, like one of those teams like the Bears, you got to get rid of everybody and start over. It takes two or three years. Do you ever see Dallas being one of those teams like that? I mean, eventually, I think, you know, I think it's, and, and, you know, if they can't get it done here, we say, I think, what, the they won one playoff game or two in the last 15 years. And uh, Romo, you know, I mean, I, I think Romo, he's always great in the regular season or seems like it. Hell of a fantasy guy, quarterback. But when it comes playoff time, he doesn't seem to, that's not where he shines. You know, to where it's the opposite with a Brady. I mean, eventually you got to go another direction. And is that when you, when you do your quarterback, is that when you, you know, clean house per se or, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not a. I don't keep up with him as quite as much, but I think, I think Jerry Jones, you know, he could have had a dynasty for the ages if if he wasn't such an egomaniac. You know, he had to control everything. You know, I I, I put him right there with Jerry Glanville. If Jerry Glanville would have mainly stayed with his priority on defense, which he was a mastermind of, and had somebody else hired to do all the rest of it, even though he's the head coach. You know, but he wanted to control everything. You know, even though he's one of the defense, like Buddy Ryan, the defensive mastermind, he was the ego's got a hold of him. You know, yeah. Jerry Jones isn't a isn't a personnel guy or a general manager as much as Jimmy Johnson was, or or even Barry Switzer. You know, but he couldn't stand those guys having any control of well or getting any credit for what he felt he should have been getting credit for. So. I I know a lot of people aren't big Jerry Jones fans that are that are diehard Cowboys fans. You you better get used to it because he ain't going anywhere. Okay. Let me ask you this: I guess um, eventually he could learn more and more, but you know it's it's he should to me an owner should be giving their football people all the support, all the you know as much money as possible, as much of an advantage on that side. And be the best owner, not try to be the owner general manager. It's right. Almost, he's almost out there coaching sometimes. So I don't, I don't. You know, Cowboys are kind of like the Dolphins were for 15 years. Always supposed to be the best team, and they never got it done. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that was since Marino went in '84, '85 to the Super Bowl. They every for the next 15 years, everybody picked them to win the Super Bowl, and they never even got back to it. You know, so that's kind of like the Cowboys. They I think it, it, I don't see them getting reaching 
that level, so they might have to turn and you know scrap everything before long. So. Yeah, it is, Donnie. I know a little bit about football, but I just can't put my hand on it. And maybe you could help me. Dude, these Raiders. I mean, when you have an organization, and you got players that, I mean, who playing is, is, is these are athletes, grown men that, you know, the best in the world. Why they can't get anything together over at the Raiders? I mean, I mean, I know they take all these old players as watch stuff, but what is the Raiders ever going to come back to meet the Raiders? Yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Al Davis started off as a GM and a general manager, so he did know what he was doing and then went into ownership, uh, you know, got into ownership of it, you know, and for years Al, Al wasn't playing no games. He was trying to win championships every year, and then he got old and things started slipping and, you know, had some bad breaks, and then ever since Al's been either, you know, and bad health or and now of course gone and I don't think they'll ever I mean they haven't put anything together since then so you know to me it all starts at the top you know if the Patriots didn't get Bill Belichick they don't do what they've done not, not even close you know if Robert Kraft didn't allow them to run everything and he was in there trying to do Jerry Jones then, then, then they don't they, they might have been in one or two Super Bowls you know They've been to six Super Bowls because in the last 15 years because they got football people the best at each level. You know, Belichick lets his assistants coach. He's not a go maniac, you know, trying to call every play. I'm Jerry Glanville trying to call every play, trying to offense, defense, special teams. He was in trying to run every meeting. And I was like, man, he's like little Napoleon, you know. But he had to have his hand all over everything and, and be the boss. You can't outsmart 15 guys on the other side, you know, that are, that are professionals at what they're doing. And, uh, but to me, the Raiders, I mean, you know, I mean, they, they've been unstable as far as where they're going to be. And then who's, who's running it, you know, who's calling the shots, who's the ownership, you know, I mean, you know, like we talked about that last week with the Falcons, they got great ownership now. You know, for years they didn't, but that's why they never went to a Super Bowl, you know, until they sold the team, basically, or until the, the owner was on his deathbed and they had uh, Dan Reeves with, he had full control. He was a football guy. He had full control of that team. And then, of course, they had to sell it, you know, when, when Rankin Smith died and then Arthur Blank bought him. Now they got somebody that's willing to put the money in that's hiring football guys, and, you know. He, he made the move, you know, he cleaned the house. Uh, I always get my friend Gerald Finley always says that the coaches are players. I mean, and you look at the Raiders, is it the ownership, coaches, or the players? Um, Donnie, what do you think? I know it's not from the top. The top and goes down. I think your ownership, I don't think they've had good coaches there. I think, you know, it's been a, nobody, it's not a stable environment, you know. Who wants to, you know, unless you're a big Raider guy or, or they're going to pay you the most, no, but they're not flocking there like they did before because they knew they were going to play for championships. Like now I think the teams that are the better teams, they, you know, the Broncos, you know, they, they attracted all that talent last year. One, they're going to pay them, but two, they they thought they'd get a compete for a championship, you know, on that. And, and that's, uh, the Raiders don't have that anymore. You know, for years they did have that, you know, I mean, I forget how many Super Bowls they went to, but it had to be six or so in about a 25-year period. And uh, 
they went three of them, two or three, and uh, without Davis, you always knew you were going to, if you weren't competing for championship, then he was going to shake it up until you were. <laughs> you know? And some of these guys, you know, I, I was like, I don't know how it's going to work with Peyton, with Gary Kubiak. Peyton used to call on his own deals and, you know, making his own kind of plays and calls and all of that. And can Gary can Kubiak let him do that? I don't know. You know, and I don't know if that's the best fit for him, but they don't have a backup. But Osweiler is just terrible. So, picking up a quarterback. No, we're going to take one last break. When I come back, uh, I think we're going to have you. I don't know. You still be on? Will you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about the last segment. Well, you know, the um, college guys and the draft and what you think. So we'll be right back to my guest, former NFL player, Donnie Salem. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And I have my guest, former NFL player, Donnie Salem. Donnie said he ain't leaving, so he's still there, right, D? Yep, I'm here. Well, Don, let's get to the you know last part of this. I like to get to you, but I mean, we don't. All this is our opinion, you know. And I guess you know our listeners know that you know we could be right, we could be wrong, but you know it's just us talking. But you know, we got the um, draft coming up, um, and I like to throw out some names. I like you tell me where you see them. You think you see them going, and what team would be best fit for them, and you know how that works because you was drafted, and you know how team draft players, you know, what they fit in and what, you know, round they can go in and what money-wise. So it's a, to you, your first knowledge, and that's good to have that. 
But I want to throw out um, Jamison, um, the quarterback from Florida State. You know, first he won the Heisman when he was a freshman, I think. Sophomore, I'm not sure, sophomore. And uh, was up there, but going up and down. What do you see him going uh, in the draft? Or what team would best take him down? I mean, I think Tampa's going to just snatch him right away. I think, I mean, we'll, you know, see how it shakes out. But I, he's he's very talented, you know. He's just... He needs to maybe get some uh, mentoring from somebody uh, that, that that's has been through what he's going through. Uh, but I think you know if he can keep keep his head straight, and uh, I think he's going to be the obvious. That my opinion is going to be the best pro quarterback uh, of of this class that that and anybody that I pay a lot of attention to. I like the Baylor guy too, but. Uh, and then, uh, but Jamison, I think he's going to go first pick, but he won't make it out of the top six. The Jets, he won't go past the Jets. So, but my, everything I've seen, he's he's, he's going to be one of the top few picks, if not the number one pick. So, you think the quarterback from Oregon is going to go before Jamison? Uh, I, I think I'm I'm personally of the opinion that that Mariota is not as ready. Uh, I don't think he's. I don't think he's doesn't have the size, doesn't have the big cannon arm. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's as ready NFL wise as Jamison is. That's my opinion. I think he's a great quarterback. There's no doubt. I mean, but he's not. He's not quite as polished. He, he wants to take off and run the ball a lot more than he should. I just I don't see the running quarterback having a long, sustained careers just because of the, the guys are too fast, too strong, too big. You know, they hit too hard. So I don't think that's going to – everyone, you know, a couple of years ago, everybody thought that's all there was going to be in 10 years was running quarterbacks. And I think that, that philosophy starts to change, you know. I love quarterbacks like Russell Wilson. He's not looking to take off every every time he gets a chance. He'll run when he has to or when he needs to, but his, he's a pocket-first guy, you know, uh, versus and, and Mariota. He, he goes running the ball a lot. He's like, in my opinion, Johnny Manziel. He's gonna, he better change his game. He's going to get broke up in the pros. Those guys are too big, too fast. You know, he's not, not – neither one of them got Cam Newton's body where they could run all the time and, and probably survive. <laughs> Yeah. But let me ask you this. I'm going I'm to I'm go back a little, throw you off a little bit. You know, I'm not a college football team. I really don't watch that much, but I thought Big Young was going to be the, the best quarterback ever. What happened to him? Can you help me with that? Because I watched his career, you know, in college, and I thought that body he had, that he could run and pass. Well, now, now who, who is that that you're talking about? What happened to him, you think? Say it one more time, James. I'm not hearing you. What happened to Vince Young? Because I was a big oh, Vince Vince Young, Young fan. Yeah. You know? I think he got he got that big money and then he got out of shape. You know, I mean, you can't play in that league out of shape. You got to be you're about you're going in a modern day gladiator sport against the best athletes in the world. And if your body's not in shape and your mind's not right, then you're not gonna make it. I don't care. You know, I mean you just you gotta you gotta have to be you gotta you gotta treat it as a profession. I heard he wasn't a guy that liked to watch film. And I'm like, you're a quarterback and you don't like to watch film, that doesn't make you that you're not giving your chance yourself a chance to win. And then you come into camp, you're thirty pounds overweight, 
You know, uh, we had a quarterback at U of A, my college, that uh, that played some basketball. But he's a dual sport guy, and he got so fat and fasty from his playing career in football. He tried to go out and and, and play basketball again. And Lou Olson said, "Nope, not till you lose thirty pounds." He come talk to me. <laughs> He was on the team for two years. He wanted to come back out for the team. He said, no, you got fat. You know, I mean, he, to me, Vince Young, you know, and I don't know what was going on with his personal life or, or you know, what his you know, hobbies were or what he liked to do. But to me, he got, he just didn't want it bad enough. You got to want it bad. And you got to be, you know, if you got all the tools in the world and your mind's not right to, to fight and to, to do everything you can to put yourself in a position to win, you'll wash out. You know, you'll you'll wash out eventually. You know, unless you're in an ideal situation, you're just not gonna you're not gonna play for a long period of time unless you're one of the hardest workers. I mean, James, you saw it. Look at the greatest players of all times have always been some of the hardest workers of all time. You know, from Walter Payton to Jerry Rice to freaking these guys live in the weight room. They live in the film room. They live in. If you're not doing that, especially as a quarterback. You're not going to play for a long time. I mean, I don't, I don't. There are very few guys that play for a long time that haven't taken that position real serious. Let me ask you this: the, uh, I love it. I like putting you on the spot. <laughs> Another player that I was like, I mean, I would have high hopes for, and I'm like, man, I want is RG three. I mean, and it seemed like he was more running his mouth about Subway and than going in and watching films. But, you agree with me on that? You know, I, I mean, agree, Joe. And RJ got too much about himself. Now I think he's still got a chance, but he's you know he you took away his running. Did you see that? He, he hurt his knee, uh, and then you took away half his game, which was running. So now he's either got to be a pocket guy, or he's got to, uh, or he's not going to be as effective because he lost. Let me ask you this, Jay. Do you think he still got chance? Because when you got players like that, you know how to lock them up. Once you get your players. Uh, against you is over with, and I think that's yeah, not he's toxic there. He's got to move on somewhere else, and then he's it's it just can't be so much about RG three, you know. Right. He has the mentality of you know, like he already won two or three Super Bowls, you know. He had that mentality like he already arrived, he's already the greatest ever or the best, and I I, I it just doesn't go over well when you got a bunch of guys who've been fighting and battling for their whole careers. You know, and you're pointing fingers. You start pointing fingers, and, you know, it wasn't about him. It was about everybody else. Well, look in the mirror. He should have held a mirror up five inches in front of his face. Now, I think he's still got a chance, but I think it's going to have to be somewhere else. My opinion might not happen, but I, but I think if he, you know, shut his mouth and, or, you know, I don't need to be derogatory, but he's got he's to be quiet and play. And earn the respect of the locker room, you know, and earn the respect to everybody in the in the city and the community. Without, you know, I don't think it was so much. A lot of times, when guys talk about Jesus Christ and the Lord and turns people against you, but he had a he had a combination of all kinds of things, you know, from being arrogant to being, you know, not a team guy to you know always preaching, always you know, and I you know. I mean, I'm all for somebody telling you their belief, but I think with the media, when you get, you're an easy target when you do all that and you don't play good. Next thing you know, you're the villain, you know, and they'll they'll villainize you if they can. You know, the media is brutal with football, 
on football players, and I just, you know, and if you give them an inch, they'll they'll they'll, they'll hammer you. So I love RG three though. I think it's yeah, they, you know, I don't think I think he came back too fast. I, I don't see any reason he should have rushed back two years ago, and it's done nothing but hurt him because then he needs to work on his speed. He needs, to, but he needs to become a pocket passer and do more like Russell Wilson, where you take off when you see you can get the yardage. Or you have to because the pocket broke down or whatever. You know he's not dropping back looking to run all the time. RG three was tucking the ball and trying to go. You know, and, you know he didn't have he lost that step and a half, and that's a that's a lot in the NFL. You know. Yeah, I just want to say we're at the end of the show, but next time we have you on, we're gonna have a listener call in and ask you the question. I want to thank you again for being on, dude. Okay, thanks a lot, James. All right, yeah, we'll go. Okay, guys. All right, bye-bye. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.